Alright, hello cyberpunks. I'm your host, Lupus, and welcome to our cyberpunk podcast, where we discuss various cyberpunk media. Let's get down to business. <laughs> well, with me today, we have Barry. Hello. Graham. Hello. Uh, Melody. Howdy. And Sammy. Let's get down, let's get down to business. I have a song Sammy. stuck in my head. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's great to hear in the podcast. Though, anyway, because... I'm sorry. Hello, oh, I didn't. I wasn't actually hurt. I don't think. Yeah, you, you were. were. Oh, I was. Okay. All right. Well, apart from all the random noises, today we will discuss the 1999 hit movie, The Matrix. Yay! <laughs> written and dis- uh, written and directed by Lana and Lily Wachowski at the time, known as Larry and Andy Wachowski, mm. and produced by Joel Silver. This movie starred no stranger to cyberpunk Keanu Reeves, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, and. Joe Pen- Pantoliano? Pantoliano, yes. It is Stop an Italian kidding. name. Uh, this movie had a budget of $63 million and earned $465.3 million at the box office. So about seven times the budget. Yay! <laughs> uh, our plot summary comes from IMDb today. Let me know when I and, get the spoiler tag. And goes into full detail of the movie. As always, if you haven't seen the movie, please pause this, watch the film, and then pick this up again. Spoilers! I'm putting in spoiler spoilers. Tag. You should just have a big flashing banner on the screen that just flashes <laughs> spoiler alert! And then it just stays up. Just mention, (laughs) like, this podcast in general, this is spoiler-heavy. If you come to listen to this and you don't want spoilers, you're skipping, like, 90% of it. Like, seriously. However, this movie is from 1999. It's 22 years old, almost. If you haven't seen it by now, where have you been? (laughs) Maybe in the past. (laughs) Who knows? We We might have kids that... That uh, that would uh, be listening to us that weren't around yet. <laughs> yeah, but if they're cyberpunk fans or even sci-fi fans, again, why haven't you seen this amazing movie? Okay, probably, I'll probably give you seen that. the third one because that one's the most recent. I mean, but yeah, if if it, it's it's fair to expect that you know. The only way to expect it even more is if it starred the same actors as in the video game that just... Wait, what? It did? Oh, right, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they should they should know it, or they shouldn't even care. And why are they listening right. if they don't care? So, if I can begin this plot summary, because I got a lot to read here. Okay. Yep. All right, so, the screen fills with green cascading code, which gives way to the title. The Matrix. Thomas Anderson, a.k.a. Neo, otherwise known as Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves! A hacker with thick black hair and a uh, shallow appearance is asleep at his monitor. 
Um, notices about a manhunt for a man named Morpheus scroll across his screen as he sleeps. His screen goes blank, and a series of text messages appear. Wake up, Neo. The Matrix has you. Follow the White Rabbit. Then the text says, Knock, knock, Neo. Just as he reads it, a knock comes oh, yeah. to the door of his apartment, 101. It's a group of ravers, and Neo gives them a contraband disc he has secreted in a copy of simu uh, Simulacra and Simulation. The lead raver asks him to join them, and Neo demurs until he sees a tattoo of a small white rabbit on the shoulder of a seduct yeah, seductive girl in the group. There's a scene at a rave bar, and I'm skipping that because it's, while it's important to the plot, it's not exactly something we all need to know about. Um, in an interrogation room, the agents, Smith, uh, Brown, and I forget the other one's name, and, uh, confront Neo. Now, there's a scene between here and uh, the rave where he gets captured by them, but again, not terribly important. They've had their eye on Neo for some time. He lives a dual existence. One life is Thomas A. Anderson, a software engineer for a mega, uh, mega, uh, sorry, metacortex. The other life is Neo, a computer hacker, guilty of virtually every computer crime we have a law for. Agent Smith asks him to help them capture Morpheus, considered a dangerous terrorist, in exchange for amnesty. Neo gives them the finger and asks, what, asks for his phone call. Smith asks what good is a phone call if he's unable to speak. Neo finds that his lips have fused together. Panicked, he's thrown on the interrogation table by the agents, and they implant a shrimp-like probe, a bug, into his stomach, entering through his navel. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, Neo wakes with a start in his own bed, assuming it has all been a bad dream. His phone rings and Morpheus is on the other line. He tells Neo that the line is tapped, but they've underestimated his importance. Morpheus also tells Neo he's, he is, quote, the one, and to meet him at the Adam Street Bridge. He's picked up by Trinity and two others in a car. They're all wearing black latex and leather. A woman in the front seat, Switch, suddenly points a gun at him and tells him to take off his shirt. Trinity tells him it's for their mutual protection and that he has to trust her. He does so, and she uses a device to remove the probe that Neo had uh, believed it was, uh, was a part of a nightmare. Trinity drops the bug out the road or out onto the road, and it slowly goes dark in the rain. Uh, Trinity takes Neo to Morpheus. And shut up, cat. Sorry, cat's right by my feet. Oh, let's see here. So Trinity takes Neo to Morpheus, and Morpheus holds out two pills, and his left palm is a blue pill. If Neo takes this, he will wake up in his bed and believe whatever he wants to. 
in the right hand, he's holding a red pill. And he said, if you want to stay in Wonderland, then I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And um, Neo ends up taking the red pill. And as the rest of Morpheus' crew straps him into a chair, Neo is told that the pill he took is part of a trace program to, quote, disrupt his input-output carrier signal so that they can pinpoint him. Neo looks at a shattered mirror placed, uh, placed next to him, which miraculously repairs itself. Neo touches the surface, and the silver begins to creep over his skin, engulfing him as Morpheus' crew... Uh, attempt to locate something on the monitors around them. The silver fluid covers him entirely, moves down his throat, and he blacks out. He awakens inside a pinkish-purple embryonic pod, extending from the side of a huge column, part of a massive power plant. He's hairless and naked, with thick black tubes snaking down his throat, plugged into the back of his skull, his spine, and invading most of the rest of his body. He finds his pod is open and that he is surrounded by tower after tower of pods just like his, all filled with bodies. Suddenly, a menacing, hovering nurse robot grabs him by the throat. The cable inserted into the base of his skull suddenly detaches. The rest of the tubes pop off his limbs and Neo is flushed down a tube into an underground pool of filthy water. Just as he's about to drown... A, hover uh, a hovercraft appears above him, snags him, and hauls him into the cargo bay. He, found he finds himself surrounded by Morpheus's crew again, but they're dressed differently, in simple knit garments. Uh, just before Neo passes out, Morpheus says, Welcome to the real world. Uh, eventually, Neo wakes fully clothed with a short shock of hair on his head. He removes a connector that is sunk deep into his arm and reaches to the find the large socket at the back of his neck when Morpheus enters. What is this place? Neo asks. The more important question is when, says Morpheus. You believe it's 1999 when in fact it's closer to the year 2199. <laughs> Uh, Morpheus goes on to say that they really don't know when it is. He gives Neo a tour of his ship, the Nebuchadnezzar, uh, an old and beaten hovercraft. Neo's uh, on that ship. Neo is introduced to Morpheus's crew, including Trinity, Apoc, uh, Switch, Cipher, Tank and Dozer, and Mouse. And I could tell you all their actors, but you might as well watch it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Morpheus gets to the point, you wanted to know about the Matrix? Neo sits in a chair that Morpheus ushers him to, and Trinity straps him into it. A long probe is inserted into the socket at the back of his skull. He awakes in a world of white. He's in the construct, a loading platform that Morpheus and his team used to prepare newly freed humans to deal with the Matrix. The sockets in his arms, neck, and uh, are, the sockets in his arm and neck are gone, and his hair is grown in. 
Morpheus tells him that what he is experiencing of himself is the, quote, residual self-image, the mental, uh, mental projection of your digital self. This, he says, showing an image of a modern city, is the world that you know. A thing only a thing that really only exists or really exists only as part of a neural interactive simulation that we call the matrix. Uh we'll skip through most of this dialogue that doesn't really have anything of importance, it's just kind of backstory. The Matrix, says Morpheus, is a computer-generated dream world created to keep us under control, to turn us into a mere power source, into copper-top batteries. Which, I believe, kind of dates this movie. I don't believe batteries are copper-top anymore. Um, the copper-top is... Duracell. Yep, Duracell has the copper color on the top mm -hmm. quarter of the battery. That's what it was referring to. I think it's closer to a third, either way. I don't think they actually have used copper in their batteries for a, a lot that, longer than... Uh, that's what I was meaning. Yeah. <laughs> when he says copper top, I thought he actually meant like a literal copper top on the battery. And I'm like, I don't believe they uh, do that anymore. I think they did like uh, 80, 100 years ago. Uh, so Morpheus and ne let's skip a little bit. Morpheus and Neo stand in a sparring program. The program has rules like gravity, but as in many computer programs, some rules can be bent while others can be broken. Morpheus bids Neo to hit him if he can. They fight with Neo impressively attacking, but Morpheus easily parrying and subduing him. The rest of the crew gathers around the monitors to watch the fight. Morpheus ends up kicking Neo into a beam, explaining to him that the reason he's been beaten has nothing to do with muscles or reality. They spar again. What are you waiting for? Morpheus asks him. You're faster than this. Neo finally brings a punch near his teacher's face, then stops, telling Morpheus, I know what you're trying to do. Morpheus tells him he's only trying to, quote, show him the door, and that Neo must step through it. Uh, a jump program is loaded. Both men now stand on one of several tall buildings in a normal city skyline. Morpheus tells Neo he must free his mind and leaps easily but impossibly from one building to the next. Uh, eventually... We get to the dialogue. I thought it wasn't real, he says. Your mind makes it real, replies Morpheus. So if you die in the Matrix, you die here? The body cannot live without the mind, says Morpheus, underlining the very real danger faced in the simulation. Let's see, skipping some of that. Uh, Neo asks what the agents are. Sentient programs, says Morpheus. That can move in and out of any software hardwired into their system, meaning they can take over anyone in the Matrix. Uh, inside the Matrix, they are everyone and they are no one. Thus, Morpheus and his crew 
survive the agents by running from them and hiding from the agents even though they are, quote, guarding all the doors. They are holding all the keys and sooner or later someone is going to have to fight them. No one who has ever stood up to an agent has survived, however, so that kind of makes that impossible. Skipping some of this, Cypher is kind of betraying Morpheus at this point. Go figure. Uh, let's see here. I mean, if you look at the original Matrix um, now and uh, use current memes to uh, relate to it, they have a little um, 15, 20 minute thing of Among Us in the middle randomly, and then they find the imposter. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,. Morpheus tells Neo about the Oracle and they go to see her. Mm-hmm. Um, the Oracle, Morpheus explains, has been with them since the beginning of the Resistance. She's the one who made the prophecy of the One and that Morpheus would be the one to find him. She can help Neo find the path, he says. He enters the apartment of the Oracle and inside are other potentials. A mother figure and numerous children. One child levitates blocks, one reads Asian literature, another is playing chess. One bald child is bending spoons. He gives one to Neo and says, do not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth, that there is no spoon. Uh, Neo bends the spoon as he's called in to see the oracle, who ends up making cookies. Uh, she sizes up Neo and asks him whether he thinks he is, quote, the one. There's a whole prophecy dialogue, and honestly, I'm just going to skip that. Hmm. Before I forget, side comment, uh, do you think the one is cyberpunk enough, or is is that, is that not quite cyberpunk? What do you mean? The movie The One starring Jet Li. Oh. That one. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Okay. Um, just wanted to mention it before I forgot because I thought about it earlier. Uh, but this The One is The Matrix The One, not the Jet Li The One. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Trinity and Tank and Cypher... Tank, Cypher, and Dozer are are fighting. Trinity attempt, attempts to call Tank, but Cypher pulls the headset off of the smoking remains and answers. Uh, as Cypher talks to Trinity inside the Matrix, he leans over the still form of Trinity in the hovercraft. He recounts the things he hates about the real world. The war, the cold, the goop they have to eat, but most especially Morpheus and his beliefs. Quote, he lied to us, Trinity. He pulls the plug out of the back of Apoc's head, and Apoc falls down dead in the Matrix. He then moves to Switch, and as she protests, not like this, in the Matrix, Cypher kills her on the ship. Uh, She also falls down dead before Trinity and Neo. Cypher moves on to Neo's supine... uh, I assume it's supine form, but it's probably supping. 
saying that lying down. Okay, then Supai. Yeah. Saying that if Neo is the one, a miracle will prevent Cypher from killing him. Quote, how can he be the one if he's dead? He asks. He continues badgering Trinity, asking her if she believes that Neo is the one. She says yes. Cypher screams back no. Uh, and turns out his reaction is inc- uh, surprise at seeing Tank still alive, brandishing the weapon Cypher had used on him. He ends up frying Cypher with the electrical device, brings Trinity back, and she finds out Dozer's dead. Uh, let's see here. So Agent Smith is torturing Morpheus for a scene or two. Imagine, imagine that. There's torture involved. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's plenty of torture in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, after all, what else is the audience going to sit through? Hmm. Good question. Uh, Morpheus has yet to break. This is a few scenes later. And Smith asks the other agents why the serum isn't working. Maybe we were asking the wrong questions, responds one. To that, Smith commands the other agents to leave him alone with Morpheus. He removes his earphone and his glasses and confides that he hates the Matrix. Quote, this zoo, this prison. He admits that he must get out of this reality. He hates the stench. Uh, He's sure that some element of the humans will rub off on him and that Morpheus holds the key to his release. If there is no Zion, there's no need for Smith to be in the Matrix. You are going to tell me or you're going to die. And to my favorite scene in The Matrix. Downstairs, in the lobby, Trinity and Neo enter, heavily armed. They shoot their way past the guards and a group of soldiers and make their way to an elevator. Agents Brown and Jones, that's the other one's name, enter the interrogation room to find Smith with his hand still fixed on Morpheus's head. Smith looks embarrassed and befuddled, and the others tell him about the attack occurring downstairs. They realize that the humans are trying to save Morpheus. In the elevator, Trinity arms a bomb. Hmm, bomb in an elevator, where have we seen that? (laughs) Maybe another Keanu movie. They both climb through the hatch to the elevator roof, attaching a clamp to the elevator cable. Neo says, there is no spoon before he severs the cable with a few shots. The counterweight drops, propelling Neo and Trinity upward. The elevator falls to the lobby, exploding upon impact and filling the floor with flames. The agents feel the rumble of the explosion, and the sprinklers come on in the building. Find them and destroy them, Smith commands. On the, el- on the roof, a helicopter pilot is calling Mayday, as Trinity and Neo take out the soldiers there. Uh, Brown takes cover over the or takes over the pilot and appears behind Neo. Neo shoots several rounds at the agent, who dodges them and pulls out his own weapon. Trinity yells, "Neo, help!" But it's too late. The agent begins to shoot, and instead of being shot, Neo dodges most of them, most of the bullets. Uh, though two of them do nick him. 
As he, the agent approaches Neo, who's lying on the ground, he levels a kill shot. But Trinity shoots him before he can fire. Trinity, Trinity marvels at how fast Neo has just moved. She's never seen anyone move that quickly. Now, while I find the next scene that I want to talk about, um, that is something called bullet time, which became very popular for, up to up through the two, early 2000s. And grammatically speaking, it's because of that scene that matrixing became a verb. Yes. And you'll see matrixing in a lot of media. Yeah. Um... And to use that in a sentence, he matrixed those shots. Not a single one of them touched him. Do you see how far he bent back? Whoa! Of course, without the whoa, it isn't quite being matrixed. Because, yeah, you gotta make it sound like Keanu. <laughs> whoa! <laughs> I mean, it's technically optional, but it, it really adds. So, skipping a few scenes, including a fight scene between um, Neo and Agent Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a conversation between Trinity and Morpheus. Back in the streets of the Matrix, Neo swipes his cell phone from a nearby suit. He calls Tank. Mr. Wizard, get me the hell out of here. He races to, uh, through a crowded market while agents appropriate, uh, appropriate bodies right and left. They force Neo down a dark alley. He kicks in the door and rushes through an apartment complex where the agents appropriate more bodies, including um, a sweet little old lady who throws a knife at Neo. I totally forgot he, he uh, actually said Mr. Wizard in the movie. You ever, you ever watch Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wizard? No. Oh, I used to uh, watch before Mr. Wizard the, when I was a kid. I think it was before their time, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, um, there's a chase scene, some dialogue. Agent Smith is furious. He runs to Neo and attacks him. Neo blocks Smith's blows effort, uh, effortlessly before he sends Smith flying it with one well-placed kick. He then leaps into Smith's body and appropriates him. Smith's shell explodes in a sea of code, and Neo is all that's left. The walls buckling in uh, are the walls buckling in waves as they did when the helicopter crashed. Bra Agents Brown and Jones look at one another and run away. The Sentinels are now fully on the ship. Yes, Sentinels have invaded the Nebuchadnezzar. And they're right above Trinity and Morpheus. Back in the Matrix, Neo sprints to the ringing phone in the room. Morpheus has no choice but to engage the EMP. He does, and the Sentinels fall inert to the floor. Neo's made it back. Um, there's some dialogue between him and Trinity, and a nice little kiss. Ah. And then in the Matrix world, Neo hangs up the phone. He looks at the mindless masses around him, puts on his glasses, and then looks up. From high above the city, we see him take flight. <laughs> now, this film does have some hidden transgender themes that fans speculated at the time and now know as fact. The red pill has been compared with the red estrogen pills. 
uh, Morpheus's description of the Matrix, giving you a sense of some, or a sense that something is fundamentally wrong, quote, like a splinter in your mind, has been compared to gender dysphoria. Hmm. Also, in the original script, Switch was a woman in the Matrix and a man in the real world, but this idea was ultimately dropped. Oh, oh darn! That one should have been kept. Yeah. If if it's you think it. about it, though, for the time. It's underststandable why they dropped yeah. it. I'm just as I said but today. I, today it would have been capped. <laughs> um, so on to our fun facts, and then we'll move on to a discussion for a little bit. Mm. Fun fact number one: Gary Oldman was considered a uh, to play Morpheus at one point, as well as Mother Effin Samuel L. Jackson. Eh. Ooh, that would have been fun. But they went with Cowboy Curtis. Will Smith was approached to play Neo, but turned down the offer to star in Wild Wild West. He later admitted that at the time he was not mature enough as an actor, and that if given the role, he would have messed it up. He has no regrets, saying that Keanu did a brilliant job. Uh, And and as we found out many years later when he did Hancock, he did a very good job of that. Yes. Yes. Sandra Bullock had been offered the role of Trinity, but turned it down because she thought Will Smith was going to play Neo. (laughs) Wow. She regretted her decision because had she been cast, she would have been reunited with Keanu Reeves, with whom she had previously starred in Speed. It turns out those two are very good friends. That would have been an interesting one. They would have been in an elevator planting a bomb together. (laughs) After the lobby shootout, the camera pans back, showing the aftermath of the gunfight in the lobby. During this, one of the or a piece of one of the pillars falls off. This happened by coincidence during the filming. It wasn't planned, but it was left since it seemed appropriate. <laughs> Absolutely. In the first forty-five minutes of the film, Neo has eighty lines. Forty-four of these lines are questions, just over half of his total dialogue. Averaging <laughs> at roughly one question a minute. Um, on a computer, a cookie is a piece of data. The Oracle gives Neo a literal and a figurative cookie. <laughs> to prepare for the scene in which Neo wakes up in a pod, Keanu Reeves lost 15 pounds and shaved his whole body to give Neo an emaciated look. Emaciated whatever emancipated emancipated really skinny or was he emancipated as in freed there's a both a little bit of both (laughs) so i guess Uh, he was emaciated or was he emancipated yes (laughs) for the scene where uh when neo wakes up in the pod the pod was constructed to look Dirty, used in Sinister, during the testing of the, a breathing mechanism in the pod. The tester suffered hypothermia in under eight minutes, Ooh. so the pod had to be heated. Yeah. And finally, fun fact number eight. Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Joe Pantoliano are all left-handed. Hmm. Did I know that? I actually, I actually knew that! <laughs> <laughs> So that's just because I'm picky about left and right-handed. Don't ask me why, I just am. It might surprise you to learn that Grim and I are left-handed as well. 
Uh, no, that didn't surprise me at so all. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Keanu's a lefty? Yes, Keanu's yeah. a lefty. But and, in the and didn't you say Cyberpunk game also? Yes, Fishburne's also a lefty. And so nope. Keanu, Lawrence, and who was the third? Joe. Oh, Pantoliano, that's right. Yeah. In, in the Cyberpunk game, why does he use his right hand? Because, because John Silverhand is right-handed. while he might be left-handed, his character is like 90% of everybody and right-handed. And, the, and they Missed wrote it opportunity. Anyway, so I would like to move on to what we think this movie has offered the genre as a whole. As we've said, Matrixing. Of course. It offered a lot. And I think, honestly, it's one of the bigger or one of the movies that to really bring attention to this genre. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a bit torn. Um, don't get me wrong. It, it did bring a lot, but only in certain areas. Oh, like our it, spoilers over. Uh, I guess. Yes, technically. I mean, okay. So it brought attention to like the cyberspace theme of cyberpunk a lot. But the first, don't get me wrong, the other movies get more into it, but the first movie focused on the actual inside of the Matrix for cyberspace, you know, internet traveling theme more than the actual cyberpunk itself. I there are a couple of The original things. movie contributed more than both sequels and the animated series combined. There are a couple of scenes in the first movie where you do see the outside world and you do actually see some of the stuff like the squid machine and the biopods. You know, there is some, but we won't discuss it too much. But there are scenes in the other movies that introduce more of the outside world rather than the internet world, if that makes sense. It did contribute a lot, don't get me wrong, but it focused more on the inside of the Matrix. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah. it's called The Matrix. It was the first movie, that's where it was going to belong. I will say it did take a lot from cyberpunk genre, or from the cyberpunk genre, and put it in a new light. Uh, yes. We have, as we've previously discussed in Neuromancer, The Matrix was an idea by William J. Gibson, and it's been um, revamped into this idea. Now, I did mention um, the Simulacra book in our disc in um, the very beginning of this episode. It turns out that was a novel, and they were supposed to read the entire thing before they started filming. Whoops. What did so they get we'll... to? Like the end of the first paragraph? <laughs> 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 No, they they were required to read it. <laughs> but they didn't. No, they they did. Oh. Every actor that know. was in the movie had to read it. Okay. That wasn't just a bit actor, I mean. Yeah. Uh Grim, anything to add? No. Kelly, any thoughts? The thoughts? Well it was a completely kick ass movie. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it was. On, on what it brought to the genre or how the genre shaped it. Well, I mean, as we already said, without the movie, there would have been no Matrixing. True. Yes, this is true. <laughs> or sequels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yes, or if you think about it, there would have been no um, bullet time. This is true. Funny thing about the Matrix and Clash bullet time, they had um, a, uh, something with a green screen completely surrounding the uh, actors that were bullet timing, and they had all these cameras surrounding them in the path the uh, bullet time was going to take in the movie, and they just used all those dozens of cameras to take a picture like really quickly around to simulate the camera moving. They didn't move the camera. They just moved where a camera took a picture from, but it was a different camera. And when you look at it behind the scenes, you can see how um, it was like normal motion. And then they hit the button and it cascaded around them with all the cameras and the cameras were dizzily removed after the fact. And then you look at the picture of the actor with the background showing the... uh, the set they were supposed to be on, whether it was inside or outside or whatever, and that's the way they did it. They couldn't literally surround them with cameras for that quarter of a second, but yeah. they could green screen everything else around them while they acted it. That's it isn't cool. an un- yeah, it, it, that actually isn't an uncommon um, practice either. Yeah, Surrounding it, the actor with it cameras. It's kind of a stop motion deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and taking thousands... It's not just ten pictures. We're talking ten cameras, if not twenty or thirty cameras, and they take ten thousand pictures. Yeah, uh, it wasn't ten thousand. <laughs> not, not, not this movie, but, no, but now in modern times. Yeah. But they literally had, uh, I think... 80 to 100 cameras wrapping around um, what was being filmed and they had the um, electric signal cascade down all the cameras. Um, I think each one had a certain delay or something like that and they were able to composite them together and get the final result they they, uh, achieved by doing that. They might Uh, have had a little bit of motion blur in post but that was about it. Yeah, so... Uh, Barry, you got things you want to plug? Um, well, I guess, uh, if this is the end of the podcast, if you want to hear more of me, uh, you can search for K-H-Z-H-A-K on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. My pin tweet on Twitter links to adult content, so if you don't want that, don't click those links. Um, otherwise, my related channels on YouTube link to, uh, podcasts like this one, or D&D Games, or um, other things like that. And I also do um, my friends stream games on Twitch. And one of them uh, uploads to YouTube. And I host their channels on Twitch. And if I'm um, in one of, if they're streaming a game and I'm joining them on it, I'm hosting them on my Twitch channel unless one of the other people I'm hosting started streaming right before they did. In which case, I'll be hosting one of them or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I'm doing uh, a fair bit of stuff. If you want to hear more of me, there's more of me that's going up every other day. I've got like a thousand hours of uh, gameplay online. Alright, so for uh, more of the rest of us, yeah, we are 
FML Productions. We do various podcasts, D&D sessions. Uh, we are working on an animation, so if you guys want to find us, just check out social media. Go to our uh, website, fml.productions. And I link and, to their YouTube channel on uh, YouTube in my related yes. channels. Uh, we are currently in the process of getting a Twitter set up for the podcast as well. This podcast as well as several other variations of media. Uh, hopefully soon you'll be able to find this wherever you find podcasts. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later, Cyberpunks. Hey, I do have one more thing to plug. Oh, Tilly. Yes. Yes, I do have. I am. Uh, I have a very young uh, YouTube channel at Melody's Place for mainly Minecraft content. So if that's something you are into, feel free to uh, look me up. And, and there are plenty of cyberpunk mods for Minecraft. If I am <laughs> not, uh, if I don't have your channel on my related channels now, it will definitely be on there by the time this episode goes live. Awesome. This is true. Thank you. Yeah. All right. See you later, cyberpunks. <laughs>